You're listening to the Rogers Waterfowl Podcast. This is A.A. Ron Jones. Chandler Smith here. Let's talk some waterfowl. I don't know how many years ago this was. How many years ago this was? Um, before I've been wearing some off-brand. It wasn't a full bodysuit, but it was pretty much like that, a Carhartt style, you know, deer hunting jacket, and that was like the hunting jacket. Period. It wasn't actually designed for waterfowl. And I don't know how many years ago I actually bought my first, and I think it's now in the um, Refuge series. Is that right? It's a deluxe. It's a deluxe full zip equator jacket, um, and it's fleece lined. It wasn't like a shell weight or anything. Yeah. And that was my first waterfowl jacket, and you should see it now. I've sometimes still wear it, um, but I've got I got a new Guardian last year, um, but I still wear the other one, this deluxe equator full zip. And I love the full zip part because I can vent heat, but um, you should see this jacket now. This thing is ripped in a lot of spots and the pattern is really faded but it's still like the most softest comfortable jacket i had i think it's just because it's been beat up so much throwing around throwing in the boat throwing in the truck you know everything i could have done to waterfowl jackets especially a heavy jacket where you got to take them on and off if you get too hot or if you just in general you're they don't stay on you all the time those get beat up. They get soaking wet too much. They you throw them in a jet sled. They get you know they get covered in water. Drug through the mud. Yeah. Oh yeah. They just get they beat up, and that's that's the only way I can explain it. But it's still my favorite jacket to put on. I put it on. It's so comfortable. The my favorite part of that piece is like the neck collar folds up, and it covers the back of your ears yeah. and kind of the back it of your head. It has a little extension on the back of it. I remember those. Oh yeah, I mean, I, that's that was my favorite piece, and I still have it today. But it is a worn out Drake jacket, and I love it. And uh, yeah, that's a. I hunted. I hunted with a guy last fall. Um, he came over and hunted uh, just with some friends. I mean, he didn't know me, or I didn't know him. It was just, you know, you know how you kind of go on a hunt. And sometimes a guy just shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, anyway, this guy showed up, and he had on a equator turtleneck, which is you know not that odd. There's a lot of people that had equator turtlenecks, but his was in wetlands, uh, which was a real tree pattern uh, in like 2002, 2003, which was my, one of my first years at Drake. I mean, it, there was very few of them ever made, and it's just you know Max Four came out that ne- next year, and nobody. Nobody ever sees wetlands. Yeah. I I was talking to him. I was like, hey, uh, you know, I'll I'll trade you out. Anything you'd like to have, if I could have that back. I know we don't have a single piece of wetlands anywhere at the office or anywhere. And, you know, we kind of, we'd probably like to have that one. So I'm like, you know, what do you want to do? I'll give you, you know, a new turtleneck. No, he he just wouldn't take anything. I said, "You want a new quarter zip and a full zip? I'll give you." I mean, I, just, I was offering him waiters. I think by the end of the hunt, I'd offered him waiters, blind bags, some decoy bags, and a new <laughs> jacket. And he's like, "No, the more you ask, the more I really want to keep it." Now, yeah. he just loved it. He said he he'd been wearing it all these years, and uh, he wasn't taking it off. He's like, "No." I, I think that would it. be my response too. I've had. Uh, I don't think anybody could take that jacket from me. I might have other jackets, but that jacket's still in the closet. And I think it's in Max Four, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it, I don't. I haven't. hasn't It's going to hit the trash before it goes anywhere else. 
because it's going to get ruined. But I yeah. don't think I was going to say I remember the advantage wetlands pattern, and I've got like an old seat cushion that we used to throw in. Uh, my grandfather used to have an old goose pit, and I had an old advantage wetlands seat cushion that I always take with me so I wouldn't have to sit on the cold hard bench the wooden bench in the goose pit but that's the only thing i think i've even got in that old wetlands pattern but yeah i mean that's you're yeah you're talking late 90s early 2000 yeah oh yeah it was uh it was an old pattern and you know it just kind of shows that people get you know they get something they like and this is mine oh yeah absolutely yeah. so for our listeners today we are talking with jeff jones and he is with drake a waterfowl and uh, he was one of the guys, one of several guys that um, were a part of the new Drake waterfowl system clothing line that has come out. Um, Chandler, I know you're a partial to Drake. You've worn it for years. Um, and they've yeah. got the new, what, the, the, there's the Refuge series, the Flex, the Guardian. Those, are, I think, are the three new. Yeah, that's like the three-tier in their, in their, all their clothing Good, better, offerings. best, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, the new ones that I... It, at least for this year, is the Guardian Elite, um, the Guardian Elite series, which mm-hmm. they have multiple jackets inside that, and then there's the Guardian Flex, which mm-hmm. is just right under there, and then there's that Refuge. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Jeff, what were some of your thoughts and reasonings behind um, kind of uh, changing it up a little bit and doing like a tiered system like that? Well, you know, it kind of uh, it, it's a there are a couple different reasons. One, there's uh, the usefulness and the life of a garment, and then you know that, and that's also directly associated with the cost of a garment. Um, a lot of people just, you know, for whatever reason, you know, whether it's financial ability or just the fact alone that they're just not going to pay uh, a certain amount of money, they they want a garment that that kind of fits in what they're willing to spend. So, you know, you want to be able to build product for everybody out there. Uh, and it really, the, the general, the, the biggest thing that came about was based on the kind of the, how do you hunt or really how much do you hunt? Um, and, and that's kind of how the tiered product grouping came out. Um, you know, we like to say the guardian elite is for that guy, the, uh, you know, it, it I don't really like using the term guides or whatnot, but it really is. You know, guides are people that are going to spend almost every day of their waterfowl season. Whether they're uh, like me, I'm going to reference the Mississippi Flyway a lot because that's my flyway and where I'm at. We, you know, we have a 60-day season. Uh, so whether if you're a guy that likes to hunt 60 days or 45 days or 30 days or 15 days or five. We wanted to be able to make a product that kind of fit your use, how often and how much that you hunted. And then, you know, of course, that's a direct correlation to the price that you'll pay. If you're only going to hunt five days a year, you're not going to pay a a whole lot of money for that garment. The value is just not there for you. So you've got to build garments the best that you can to fit however many days that a person is going to be a field. And that's kind of how your pricing breaks down out of it also. Um, what materials you put into it, and it's uh, you're really just building a good, better, best scenario. Uh, especially when, you know, when you're working with, a uh, you know, like a, 
a migrating bird. The seasons are only so long, so it really kind of makes it easy to build items based on the days of field. So that makes sense, and and I, I get the whole financial aspect of it. I mean, there's so many things that we're hit with every day, and so many things that we want to do that you're being pulled in 20 different directions. So yeah, not everybody has the luxury. I mean, if your waterfowl is 60 waterfowl season 60 days you know most guys they're they're happy if they can get out one two days a week um you know because we're just a lot of a lot of guys working monday through friday and saturday and And sunday with family commitments and and if you look at the data from the u.s fish and wildlife service uh you know they ask they they do surveys every year and they put their programs together the average waterfowl really only hunts 11 days now, I don't, I don't know about y'all, but I don't know a single waterfowler that would ever only admit to hunt <laughs> open days. Everybody I know says, oh, man, I hunted, I hunted 45 days last year. Or I hunted 60 days. I, I, I hunt all the time. And then you get down to it, and you're like, yeah, well, you know, I only hunted on Saturday and Sunday. And, uh, no, I didn't go that weekend because of something else. You know, so, but everybody, you know, is, everybody wants to hunt as absolute much as they can, and you know, you want to build products for them to be able to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, looking at this new Guardian Elite Series stuff, this is pretty neat. Um, I know you've had a hand in, in working with this. Uh, you kind of built some jackets for a particular style of hunting. Um, could you go over that a little bit? Uh, I, I do see something, uh, you know, timber jacket, layout jacket, boat, you know, boater's jacket, um, and there's some three in ones. Go over that real quick, and then we can we can dive into this this whole Guardian Elite series. Well, if you look at waterfowlers, especially uh, you know most of the ones I deal with and uh, work with and whatnot, everybody's really passionate about their style being the best. You know, the, however it is that they hunt, that's the best way to do it, or that's the only way to do it. Uh, you know, down here in Mississippi and Arkansas, we have hardcore green timber waterfowl hunters and that is the way that they feel like you know if anybody duck hunts that's the only way to do it but then again you've got people that hunt in pits uh you know and when you kind of move out of this area you get more toward the midwest and different where you get people that are hunting out of layout blinds uh the upper northwest people are in layout blinds and they think that layout blind hunting is the only way to do it uh, you've got people that hunt big river systems that are hunting out of uh, boats with pop-up blinds on them or uh, different kind of blinds built into it. And that, you know, that river hunter that's hunting a, a big blind or a, a pop-up blind on a boat, he thinks that's the only way that you can duck hunt. You know, duck hunters are severely opinionated. Their way yes. of doing it is the best way, and your way of doing it is stupid. So... You know, if you if you look at it that way and you kind of break it down and you start asking your customers and you start looking at your product line and you, you basically you kind of answer that question, how do you hunt? So that's what we did. We we worked with a lot of waterfowlers. Uh, we, we worked with elite team people, people that had TV shows, people that were guiding, people that were hunting 90 to 100 days a year in the Pacific Northwest. We talked to guys in the Central Flyway and uh, Atlantic Flyway. They're hunting 60 and 70 days a year and just really sat down and asked that question, you know, how do you hunt? It took us a couple years to kind of work through all of it. Uh, but, 
you know, that's what we want to do. We wanted people to basically kind of ask themselves, how do I hunt? Uh, and if you, if you'll answer that question, and if you'll say, you know, I, I'm a pit hunter, I, I've got a, a field lease and we've got two different pits on it. And that's how I hunt day in and day out. Well, we wanted to build a garment that supported your way of hunting. So if you're a layout or a pit hunter, we wanted to build a garment that had pockets and features that fit your need. If you were a green timber hunter, we wanted to build a jacket that fit your need of hunting in the green timber. Uh, because, you know, what we're doing, and, and by doing all this, it's, to be 100% honest with you, it's really selfish reasons. Because I'm a waterfowler, and everybody else that works here is a waterfowler and uh, we want to have our experience in the field be as enjoyable as possible you know i want my time spent a field when i'm out there with my kids or with my dad or just by myself or however i'm hunting that day i want it to be the most enjoyable day that i can have out there and i want to be able to build gear that allows me to be in the field and be enjoyable for as long a time as I have. Uh, you know, I'm a dad and a lot of other people are dads and uh, we have other responsibilities that kind of eat into that time so that when I do get to hunt and I'm going to give it all day or however long I'm going to hunt, I want it to be as absolutely enjoyable as possible. So we, we really just kind of set out to build products that benefited that day in the field. And that's, that's what you want to do. Sure. Absolutely on that. Now in your guardian elite series, I know you like, you've got the, the flooded timber, uh, the layout and the boat and blind. Let's kind of talk about those three. If you can talk about, I know there's like a 10 point feature system and I know a lot of these jackets share some features. So if we could talk about maybe those three styles of jackets, what features they share, and then we can kind of describe each uh, style of jacket independently a little bit. So what were some of the new features um, that are on all of those three styles? Okay. So when we look at, if you look at like the Guardian Elite, uh, the one thing that they all share uh, is the Guardian Elite fabric. Uh, the Guardian Elite fabric is a three-layer fabric. It is the highest waterproof uh, membrane that we build. It's three layers of fabric that kind of comprise that. And a lot of people... It, you know, if you're not in this, like for me, I do this every day, all day long. So I throw out terms like three layer and trico and polyester and membrane, just like I think everybody should know what those <laughs> are. And, you know, most people don't. When you say it's a three layer fabric, that it's kind of, I have no idea what you're talking about. Whenever you're going to speak English again, let me know. So, you know, uh, so I try to break it down like this. If you look at the Guardian Elite fabric, that three-layer fabric, that is the exact same fabric that is made in uh, breathable waders. So everybody is kind of coming around and understanding that uh, the neoprene waders are kind of phasing out and everything is going to this new, lighter weight, more comfortable, more flexible uh, three-layer waiter fabric. Well, if you can visualize that waiter fabric, that's what we made these jackets out of. So highly waterproof very breathable very comfortable to wear uh, so that's what all the jackets in the elite line are made out of is the basically what is known as the waiter fabric so they share that aspect and then as you 
kind of look at the bodies of them, they all share the aspects of the new pocket suite. We kind of call it the IntelliSuite system. Um, and, and everything is a vertical pocket. So Drake, back in the day when we got started, one of the things that we kind of brought to the market was the vertical chest pockets. We always had that magnet pocket on the left, and we had the zipper pocket on the right for putting your phones and gear and stuff in. And now you kind of see that throughout the whole industry. Everybody's doing that now. But we we kind of started with that. Well, we just took it one step further and moved those vertical pockets down onto the body. So if you think about it, if, you, if you're sitting down or even if you're standing and you have the, the old style, the normal bellows pockets with that pocket flap on them that jackets always had, you almost have to kind of invert your wrist and your elbow to get your hand down in it. Well, you know, if you're going to store your gloves or store your face mask, you got to kind of turn your hands and go straight down into a pocket. Well, by taking the pockets the way we did and, and making them vertical zip pockets, you unzip it, and it's a real smooth and easy left-to-right motion. Uh, you can do it sitting down. You can do it uh, standing up. It's very easy to move your arms left and right across your body to get in those pockets. Uh, and the real big pockets, they, they'll hold a lot of gear. They'll, they kind of pleat out. Uh, at the bottom and on the back side of them so you can stuff them full of uh, really anything neck gaiters or uh, wraps or gloves or anything of the sort and then uh, on the outside of that we made magnetic shell pockets and these are cut at an angle so that your hand kind of goes straight into it to get your shells out uh, and, and the one thing we like about that is, it, you know, everybody has shot some ducks and you've had a cripple on the water and you don't want to take your eyes off of it to look around to where your shells are. Once you get used to those shells being in that shell pocket, you can keep your eyes on that bird that's down and easily get your hand into them and get a shell out and get reloaded uh, to be able to go from there. So uh, you said those are magnetic shell pockets? Yeah, they are. It's got two little... Uh, two small round magnets at the top of it so it's still got that closure uh, gotcha. so that you don't have just a pocket flapping open or stuck open at all time it will close but it, the magnets really easy to get into uh, and get out of it uh, back up on the chest I, I meant to say a minute ago when I was talking about chest you know I, I said we always had the chest pockets the magnet on the left and the zipper on the right well we doubled that up we put zip security pockets on both the left and the chest and then we layered the magnet on top of that uh, you know you, you kind of find people are left-handed or right-handed uh, and, and being able to put that cell phone in a zip security pocket or anywhere you being on the left or the right chest really made you know it just kind of made a lot more sense and then as far as the magnet pockets the magnet pockets have always been for calls if you've got calls on your lanyard and they're kind of hanging in front of you if you bend down it swings out and whatnot by putting the magnet on the left and right you see a lot of people now have lanyards with the add-on calls so the calls aren't necessarily hanging in a center they're kind of offset left or right it gives you the pocket on both sides to be able to put those in uh, so it makes it really handy sure and i i can appreciate those chest pockets i mean my phone lives in those pockets during duck season and i like the idea of having a, a zipper on both sides too because i have had some I guess you could say inferior jackets in the past where the magnet was just not very strong. And there's been times I've leaned over and the phone decided to jump out of the pocket. Luckily I was field hunting at the time. 
so I didn't lose a phone in the in the drink. But um, yeah, that's just a great option and throw your calls in there. So if you've got to walk in, you're traipsing across public ground, your calls aren't banging and rattling the whole time. It just makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it's handy. It, it it is a lot handier than. Yeah, I use those pockets all the time, and the zipper pocket was always for the keys. You know, I didn't care if the phone fell out of the magnet pocket, which I don't think it ever did. But if I lose my keys, they got bigger issues than if I lose a phone. <laughs> yeah. So the the keys went in the zippered pockets, and they didn't ever come out till I got back to the truck. So I could never lose them in the marsh and and not be able to drive home and go through that whole hassle of getting a spare or figuring out where sure. that's out, getting a hold of somebody. I probably don't have cell signal anyways. Yeah. But See, I've got spare keys. I don't have a spare phone. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, you don't want to lose. No, you don't want to lose either. I don't want to lose either. A couple other features that are on all the jackets. uh, Then I'll kind of, in a little bit, we'll go over what each one has that other ones don't. But um, this is just something that's on all of them. We put uh, some reinforced uh, heavy denier material. It's actually on the on the body of the of the jackets themselves behind the pocket, so that when you're reaching in, you're not causing any kind of wear. Or, uh, you know, a lot of people still wear watches, even though everybody looks on their phone to see what time it is. Uh, you know, a metal watch band or a clasp or anything can kind of rub and cause problems. So we we put some denier on there to protect those areas. That denier is on the entrance to all the uh, shell pockets, and it's on the bottom of the jacket. Really, just it gives it uh, just a very strong, what we call wear areas. Uh, bottom of a coat's always rubbing against waders or in a chair or anything, just a, a lot of wear in that. Uh, we also do it on the underside of the, or on the forearms, on the bottom of the arms of the coat. So like when you're leaning up against a, a blind, a wooden blind or in a layout blind or uh, in a pit, Anytime you're exposing it to a harsher surface, we kind of reinforce that area also. And it, it's an, also another layer of waterproof so that, you know, if, if the front of that wooden blind is wet and you've had your arms on it all day, just kind of leaned over, uh, sitting there, it just gives it some more protection. Um, all the jackets have a little store, or not little, but they have a storage pocket in the back. Um, zippers on everything are all waterproof zippers. So your front chest zipper is waterproof. Your uh, chest pocket's waterproof. That zipper into the back uh, storage area, that's waterproof. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, let's see. So a couple of the new, some things that are new for Drake and really new for the whole industry. I haven't seen it used on anybody else's product out there. We, inside the hood... On all these coats, we built a fleece line neck gaiter and face mask. It's kind of a combo of both, and it's built into the back of the hood. So it's really cool in the way that you can reach behind your head and grab that face mask and pull it over and have it on. You can have it on with the hood up, or you can have it on with the hood down. So, you know, if it's if it's 4 a.m. And, and you're a green timber duck hunter or you're a hunting a river, any kind of boating situation, or if you're going on a four-wheeler or a side-by-side and you're ready to take off, if you'll just reach back and pull that face mask on and let it block that wind and keep your face warm as you go out, it's it really is a game-changer. 
you know, everybody's had a face mask or a neck gaiter in the past, and you've got to remember what pocket you put it in or what blind bag you put it in, or is it in my deer hunting backpack, or is it, you know, did I leave it in the truck? Well, this is permanently attached inside that hood. Um, so it makes it a very convenient, a very warm thing. And, you know, I, there's a lot of uses. The more you use the wear the coat and use that face mask, you find different uses for it because you can... Once you get out there, you can take the hood off. You can leave it around your neck as a neck gaiter. You can pull it up on your face for a little added concealment. Uh, if you do happen to have the hood up and the face mask on, it really helps with your head movement inside that hood. Because, you know, there's nothing worse than having a hood on. Look over to the right, and the only thing you see is inside the hood. <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. this this really helps because it, it makes that head that. Uh, hood move with your face so you look left or right it moves also and you don't get that blocked vision uh, so that face mask it, it it really is a cool feature i'd say it's it's pretty unique um, another one that's on all this all the jackets is in the back of it we went in and at the very top of the back uh, right above the shoulder blade we built a pocket uh, it's a waterproof zippered pockets made out of the denier material and inside that, you unzip that pocket. Inside that material, we built in a, a kind of an extension lanyard with a carabiner clip. Now, it sounds kind of odd to say that there's a built-in carabiner clip in the back of a jacket. But for anybody that's hunted in the timber or hunted in a blind, in the morning when you've got to start to work, meaning you've got to put decoys out, you've got to... Uh, rearrange decoys or move your jerk string or whatever it is that you've got to do and you go out in those decoys and you start moving around and doing stuff and it warms up and you get hot and you want to take that jacket off and you come back over to your tree uh, and you lay it on the limb and the next thing you hear is splash because that coat has fallen in the water and sunk the first time that you use this carabiner clip you'll understand and you'll ask well, why has this never been built into a garment before because now it allows you you take that clip, go up to a limb, wrap it around that limb, and hook it back to the jacket and tighten it up, and that jacket is not going anywhere. Um, if you're in a blind that has some hooks on it, it gives you a place to clip it and hang it up. Um, you know, we've all hunted, and it's gotten warmer in the day, and you wanted to be able to take your jacket off and didn't have a place to put it. This gives you endless opportunities to hang your jacket uh, in your blind or in the woods or wherever you are. And you still have access to all your gear. You can still get, you can use it like a blind bag. You can still get to all your shells. You can get to lights if you needed, a leash, whatever you would need. Uh, you know, you, you have it there in your jacket and you have it hanging securely instead of laying in the water. So, uh, yeah, that's why I think my old deluxe equator jacket got, so worn out because i mean it's it's unique thing about waterfowl hunting and 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 the the type of clothes that we buy whenever we whenever we we do all the work in the morning first thing and it's cold but your your body if you're wearing all this clothing is going to heat up really fast and sweat and then that can you know ruin your microclimate you're going to get too hot you're going to sweat and you're going to get too cold and everything's wet you know from the inside not not necessarily from getting wet on the outside from the inside that your body produces that moisture to try to cool your body down and then that gets the clothing around you wet. So 
I like to, I mean, I always like to shed layers before I even start walking out. Um, so that deluxe equator jacket, I would have that shed it off before I start throwing decoys, before I start walking in. And that was probably rolled up in a, in a, in a blind bag, you know, shoved under the bungees or whatever. And then tell, so that's where that jacket lived. And then until we started hunting, then I'd put that jacket on. But then if it, hot, it started to get hot out, I would have to put that jacket either back in the blind bag, in a jet sled, hang from a tree. You usually end up getting wet somewhere because everything's wet when you duck hunt. So it's a great thing with a carabiner clip. You can just hang it up and on a tree and anywhere. I mean, usually around all that vegetation, sometimes you're in an open field, but you couldn't do that. But a lot of times you got something somewhere to hang that up in a blind, on a tree, wherever. And that carabiner absolutely is one of those features that you're like, oh, my gosh, what took so long? Mm-hmm. Where has this been? Exactly, 100%. Yeah, well, I mean, even even when the idea came up, uh, when the idea of, of the carabiner in the back of the jacket and whatnot came up, here it was like, uh, that sounds a little far-fetched. I don't understand. You know, it was one of those things. But once we put it together and, and built one, it was like, man, that that makes all the sense in the world. And why have we never done this in the past? I mean, uh, I can't imagine you're going to get much negative feedback on it, to be perfectly honest, simply because it's on that nylon strap and it goes into a pocket tucked away. It's not like it's out all the time. So you either like it or you don't, but it's it's not like it, it, you're forced to use it. No, that's exactly right. It does. You can put it up and, and you know, never see it if you don't want to. Uh, we do. We did kind of make a point too when you, you know when it's in the shelf, when it's on the shelf on the hanger, uh, we brought it out and it, it kind of clips on the hanger because you do want people to see it uh, and understand the, the purpose for it there. But you're right. If you if you don't ever want to use it, just put it in that little pouch and zip it up, and you're never going to have a problem with it. So it's very handy. Um, on the jackets, just something that's in common with with all of them. Uh, again, in, in including the uh, system jacket, there's a fourth one. Uh, all the garments that we made, we, we did them in two weights. We did them in a shell weight or in a built-in insulated weight. Um, and we'll, you know, if we go over each one of them a little bit different, I'll explain the difference in the insulation in them. Uh, but they do kind of come that way. You can you can buy one that's just a shell. It won't have any insulation anywhere in it. Uh, and then you can buy it in an insulated version, which has some zoned insulation, uh, different weights in the arm and in the body and whatnot. It really, uh, uh, it, it just kind of more of that, how do you hunt? You know, if you're a really active guy, like everybody in their group, somebody's always the active person. Someone's always messing with the dog or putting decoys out. Or, or is the uh, dog. Yeah, or is the dog, or picking them up and just doing things like that. So, you know, that guy, you know, and I I probably fall into that group. You're a little more active. I like shell weight stuff. I like to be able to layer uh, and kind of control what I wear underneath it. Uh, Whereas you get some people that just like, man, I I don't want to mess with that. Just give me the warmest coat you got. I want an insulated coat because I'm just going to sit there and do nothing but shoot. So, and that's fine. I mean, it, it really is. It's how do you hunt? And so to, to make sure everybody's clear, the shell weight is basically that, that, that weighter material that you're talking about, that breathable weighter material, and the, the, it's all waterproof, but that's about it. Um, it's that's a, it. An outer yeah. shell protects you from the elements, but it doesn't have any insulation in it. Your insulation is supposed to be 
the layering that you've put under it, whether it's a puffy jacket and we can go into that, but, or the, you know, Sherpa fleece or anything like that. Right. It's if you wear one of the different layers that we offer, or one of the different liners, uh, it's completely up to you. It, it does all of the shells and the insulated. It does give you that, uh, Sherpa fleece around your neck and the hood has fleece lined and there's some fleece in the hand warmer pockets, but, the body of it, the arms, there's no insulation in it. Uh, you would have to go to a liner of some sort or one of the insulated versions that it has already built the insulation yeah. into. Mm-hmm. So I see that you, you guys did some, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, body mapping on on all three or four of these jackets that are designed specifically for a style of hunting. Um, go over that a little bit on why you guys chose which which different body mapping that, and what what I what we're talking about by body mapping is they're putting insulation in this jacket on certain parts of the body that that they you know that you've guys done the research to figure out where it's needed. So go over kind of where you got that information and what that what that each jacket has. Okay, so if you look at it and what we did, all the insulation in the garments, if it if it is an insulated piece, is going to be synthetic down insulation which uh, you know, has that little higher loft rating to it. It uh, really holds heat well, and it kind of circulates it around your body in that area. Synthetic down, is, uh, it's, it's just the best thing going for insulating inside a garment. Um, so if you look at like the insulated version of the timber jacket, uh, the back of the coat, we put in 200 grams uh, we call it the double down synthetic insulation. It's the maximum warmth that you have. It's going to cover your back. Uh, it'll kind of keep those kidneys warm, everything on your back, whether you're leaned up against a tree or if you're leaned up against a blind, uh, a little extra insulation there. And then it brings it down to that 100, the synthetic down insulation that would be in your arms and in your chest. Because uh, you think if you've got waders on, and you're wearing the coat either over the waders or under the waders, you're building additional bulk in there behind that waiter, uh, and it's it's not needed. You don't need to add bulk just for trying to make it warmer. What you need to do is reduce that bulk, uh, keep the bulk of the, the most of that heat, the heavier insulation toward the back of the garment, and a little bit lighter in the arms and chest, so you get that free range of motion uh, you get comfort if you're wearing it with a waiter or, uh, or even without waiters, wearing it with waist highs or however you're doing it. And then in the layout jacket, we basically do the same thing. Uh, you know, the center of the back of the layout jacket, you know, think about laying on the ground or in a cold blind or in a uh, plastic stakeout blind or however, however the layout is that you do. That center area and covering you know, part of your kidneys and your spine. We use a heavier insulation in that. It gives you some padding, uh, and that's what's mostly going to be in contact with the ground. And then the areas around it, the chest, the arm, other parts of the, the side, we you go in with a little bit lighter insulation, the lighter synthetic down. Uh, again, it gives you that range of motion, uh, some freedom and stuff to move. And, you know, once you get into the only jacket that doesn't, the timber jacket doesn't allow zip-ins, but like the layout jacket, uh, the boat and blind jacket, and the systems coat, they all have internal zippers. 
So if you were to pick up some of like the the fleece layering pieces, whether it be the vest or the full zip or uh, one of the synthetic down liners, they all zip in and, and will give you even more insulation into it. Uh, but you still have that breathability and that range of motion inside those garments. So that's that's kind of the reason why we do the zoned insulation. In gotcha. And then that is it the boat blind that has uh, the whole, you know, everything. Maybe besides the arm has the double down, or is it all of it has a double down? No, the boat blind. If you get it in insulated, you know, it, it's kind of a little bit more extreme weather. Uh, you know, you think about a boat blind. That guy is either making long runs on a river, or you know, it's kind of more exposed in, uh, you know, like a pop up blind or whatever. So he would, and you kind of think of being in that boat or in that blind as the guy that's not really wearing uh, waders, so you don't have that compound effect. It's either in a bib or a uh, hip boot or a waist high, something like that. So it does have the, the heavier double-down synthetic all through the body, the front and the back, but it has the lighter weight insulation in the arms, again, to give you that uh, free movement and without the you know without that excess bulk restricting you when you go to mount your gun or do anything like that gotcha so what are some of the other features that are, are unique among uh, the jackets uh i thought I, I i was reading something or saw something that um is it the boat blind that's got the integrated uh, kill switch attachment as well yeah that's what i was gonna actually go to next because that's one of my favorite features absolutely I guess getting older and having kids and whatnot, or maybe it's just you actually do get a little bit wiser. But, you know, anybody that has spent time in the wood, hunting the woods or hunting the river or hunting out of a boat, running a boat, when you're running that tiller handle, which most waterfowlers are tiller handles, you know, there's some console, but most of it's a tiller handle boat. Uh, they all have it. Every single one of them has that red, uh, elastic shock cord hanging from them you know if you fall out of the water and you have that thing hooked on it it will stop that motor you know and being who i was and being young and carefree and not knowing you know there was never a good place to clip that on i didn't have a garment with anything built onto it and hooking it around the way you know it was always a good pain with pain so i just didn't do it well you know Maybe you get older, you do get smarter or whatever, however it works. The idea came about to say, you know what, let's build a kill ring on the side of the jacket. Give a guy a place that he can take that kill switch from the motor. Easy, simple, no questions about it. Just hook it on that D-ring in case something happens, that motor's cuts off. So, I mean, there is, honestly, if if you have the garment and you're running a boat, there is absolutely no excuse not to use one. Uh, we'd never had never seen a garment built before that had this D-ring on it for attaching the kill switch to. Uh, and, you know, came up with the idea and really thought, you know what, that's something that everybody that that is in this situation can find useful. And, uh, yeah, I definitely think people are going to find an appreciation for that as well. So it's on the uh, it's on the timber jacket and it's also on the boat and blind coat. Um, and it's also on the uh, systems jacket, which is kind of a catch-all jacket. Uh, but it's a, I mean, it's a really important, just a really key feature that you know I hope everybody uses. 
uh, if they're in that situation to use them. Um, back on the timber coat, uh, the timber coat and the layout coat both have some shell loops on them on the exterior of the garment, and they're kind of in unique places. The the timber coat, it, they sit right at the bottom of, uh, on the front of the jacket. That timber coat, one thing about it too, it's cut about two inches shorter in length than the rest of the garment. So it comes just above the waist. I mean, probably right to the top of the belt on anybody that would wear one, which is just a little bit shorter than the other coats. And it's, it's made that way so that you're, you know, you're wading in the woods. If you've got to cross the slough or anything deep, it'll help keep that coat out of the water. So we put those shell loops right in the front of it. Uh, you know, you see a lot of people over the years that would wear those uh, shell belts and different things like that kind of around your waist. So this is the same idea, but it's shell loops. It's just raised up a little bit, and it's all built onto the jacket. It has 12. There's six on each side, uh, each side of the zipper on the front of that coat. Um, you know, you think about some of the WMAs in Arkansas where they're restricted to either 12 or 15 shells. Uh, you know, if it's 15, that gives you, you know, 12 in the coat and three in the gun. Uh, so it's kind of a no-brainer about being over the shell limit. You know, you won't be if you if you follow those pockets. Uh, the layout jacket, it actually has, we'll, we kind of refer to them as just-in-case or emergency backup shell loops. It has three on each side. And, and, you know, it's kind of a limited amount because generally when you're layout hunting, or in a pit or whatever, you're never really that far away from your layout uh, or, or the pit. You, you might have to get up and chase down a cripple, and I'm sure everybody, uh, I know I have, and I've seen other people, I, I like to think everybody's really kind of the same. You've gotten out there, and you're chasing down a cripple, and you didn't reload your gun after that volley came in, and you shot. You got one shell, and you jump up, and you run after a, a goose that's getting away, and you get out there, and maybe you fire your one shot, and that goose is still going, and you're out of shells. I mean, you don't you don't have a single shell on you, so you get to do that walk of shame back to the layout <laughs> yeah. to, get, to get some shells, and then load up and then have to go again. I have absolutely so, done that. I've seen that. Yeah, I've, I've probably you, done it. it. Oh yeah, everybody's done that. So on that layout jacket, we we did it. We took three shell loops and put them on the very sides. We didn't want to put them in the front because when you would sit up to shoot, it would kind of bind in your stomach area. So we put them on the very sides or out of the way. Uh, you know, put three shells on each side, and if you find yourself in that situation again, you you got a shell on you. So. Uh, that was the thought and the reasoning of putting those shit there. In the layout line, you usually got a box of them sitting right next to you. Oh, yeah. 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 So, and then I see that you guys have like a dry seat system on, I think it looks like three of the three of the jackets. I don't know if we right. talked about that. Yeah, so everything except for the timber jacket. And it's not on the timber jacket because, like I was saying, it's got that little bit shorter uh, body length to it. So the layout and the boat and blind and on that systems coat, we did. We, we, we built this, uh, basically this waterproof seat in the back. Uh, it's held up by magnets on the inside, really big, heavy-duty magnets. Um, and what it does is, you know, I found myself in situations where I've gotten to go on a, a hunt before work or, you know, after work or any, really any time around work, and I've had on, 
you know, khakis or whatever, and I didn't want to wear waders in the field, and I just had knee boots on, and I've come back to my layout blind and, you know, got into kind of clumsily and got mud from my boots on my layout blind or a little bit of water in it, and, you know, you don't want to sit in that water or sit in that mud. So that flat, being able to pull it out and sit down on it and have a dry, secure place to sit and not get wet was really the idea behind that. Um, it works really well in a, in a boat uh, or in a, you know, a blind situation. Every time you know, I've ever hunted in a pit in my life, when people get in it, you know, when they step into the pit, the first thing they do is step on the seat, you know, the bench that you're going to be sitting on. So now you're left the rest of the day either sitting in mud or sitting in water or the dog is, if it doesn't have a separate dog box, you know, the dog has gotten water everywhere. So, you know, if you don't have bibs or if you just had uh, khaki pants or anything like that on, Carhartts or whatever, it gave you a dry place to, uh, to sit and to sit on. One of the things that, uh, and another one of the reasons too is I, uh, where I duck hunt, I, I have a camp over on a river or on a lake, and there's a bunch of other camps down. And we, you know, sometimes the water will get up, and the only way you can get around is by boat. Uh, you know, you want to go visit, see what everybody else did. You've already taken your waders off, but you sat in that boat seat with wet waders on. You go down there and sit, and next thing you know, you're wet as can be. So that flap. You know, being able to pull it out and put it in the seat and sit down and keep dry, uh, it, it really is beneficial. You know, you, it's one of those things, again, where you you might see it on the garment and you're like, oh, I don't know. I, don't, I can't see myself ever being in that situation. But then when you get in the field and you realize you're in that situation, you're very thankful to have it. So... Well, yeah, I can absolutely see that, especially in that layout blind jacket. I know a lot of times I do a lot of layout blind hunting and especially a lot of like uh, the conservation orders when you're field hunting for snow geese, you know, it may be frozen of a morning, but by mid-afternoon that ground's a soupy mess. Well, when you're in a layout blind and you've been walking through the field, where's the first place you step in your layout blind? It's right where you're sitting, right where you're going to put your caboose. So being able to drop that uh, uh, flap on there that... Uh, that magnets uh, on that chip uh, or the, excuse me, on that tailgate system, you know, that just covers up that spot exactly where you're sitting down. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it, it's really convenient. It, it It's one of those things that once people, somebody uses it a couple of times, it's really going to function and, and, and be well received. Yeah. So what, so what do you find yourself? You, so you hunt timber holes or you say something about layout blinds. Where do you, where do you find yourself hunting most of the time? Man, ninety percent of my time is in the in the timber. I'm I'm a timber guy. I uh, um, that's just the benefit of where I grew up and how I grew up. My my family hunted the woods. My dad hunt. You know, everybody hunts the woods. Uh, so I'm I'm a straight up timber guy. You know, once a year I get that opportunity early. I'll go to uh, Canada or North Dakota. Uh, in early season hunt in some dry fields, or I have a friend that has a place in Oklahoma. Uh, I may go there once during the year because that, that dry field hunting, man, it, it, I, have to be, I have to be honest with you, it's pretty awesome. When you can get them coming in there and you can get mallards just landing all around you uh, in a layout blind, I, I really like that. But my heart and my soul lives in the timber. I'm a, I'm a timber guy through and through. So but, do you, so do you wear an insulated breathable wader um, in the timber now? 
I do. I, I kind of probably we've been. I've been wearing the insulated breathable waders for several years. I just love them. Uh, I find myself a lot lately going to the uninsulated breathable wader just because I can control that layering. You know, uh, in Arkansas and Mississippi, you never know. I mean, it can be. It can be freezing in the morning, and it can be 70 by noon. You know, it's just that fluctuating temperature that you just, it's hard to control. Um, so I, I, I've gotten to where I really like to wear uh, just the straight breathables with no insulation and just kind of layer under it how I need to to kind of fit my day. Uh, whether I'm going to walk, if i got a long walk-in or not, uh, I've just kind of been more and more drawn to, uh, to using those. Um, I, I, but I will tell you, I'm not wearing, I, I've moved completely away from neoprenes. Yeah. Uh, and I've been doing this long enough. I can kind of remember the cycle of it going from canvas waders, uh, you know, a rubber canvas waiter to freezing and neoprenes came out and I thought, oh man, neoprenes are the greatest thing ever. I'll never get cold again. And, you know, that's true. You don't. But now I've phased out of neoprenes and into the breathable because they're so much lighter. You're not going to get cold. Uh, you know, the insulated breathables are just as warm as a neoprene. The uninsulated, you can layer to match however you're going to hunt. Um, so I've just kind of worked my way out of neoprene. That that breathable, the the way the boots are so much lighter, uh, the whole thing so much more comfortable to walk in and stand in and all that. Yes, yeah. and that's one thing you just confirmed something that we've talked about um, on other podcasts and or just with customers in the store and just in general. And I've never heard one person say, you know what. Man, I, I was a neoprene guy. I tried these breathables, and I just I can't do it. i got to go back to neoprene. I've never heard that. Yeah. No, we don't. Uh, we don't. I, I, I'll be honest. I've never heard anybody say, I've got to go back to neoprenes to stay warm. No. Uh, and I, I have seen a lot of people, you know, usually a lot of times when you go kind of work a store or work an event and help customers or just talk to them, customer service, uh, You'll find that one guy, you know, that's kind of in a group of hunters where they're all in a camp together. It's just four or five guys that hunt together. And you get that one guy that'll go out and he'll try them, uh, uh, an insulated breathable or just a regular breathable. And he's like the first one and everybody else is still wearing neoprenes. And, uh, you know, they're all saying, oh, you're going to get cold. You're going to freeze and whatever. And they kind of see how comfortable he is throughout the hunt. You know, and they can be out there, oh, we broke ice today, and you wore that? Like, yeah, I was warm. You know, once you can get a guy into them, that, that, he just spreads that message like wildfire. It's like you're crazy forever wearing neoprene. And, we, you know, we still make neoprene. I'm not trying to down the product. I'm just saying it, it's kind of the evolution of it. It's kind of going away. Those breathables are so much more yeah. wear. So yeah, so on uh, so underneath the waders, maybe on top and bottom. I mean, what what kind of materials are you using for layer, uh, layering? Um, are you using the Sherpa fleeces a lot, or are you using endurance? What kind of stuff are you putting under this stuff? Um, it, you know, it really just depends. Uh, it's kind of a, it's just kind of 
what today? So like, a, if it, if we're in a normal, let's just say we're mid December, between uh, the middle of December and Christmas, and you're in those days where it's high thirties, forties in the morning, and you know, not much more than fifty something by noon. Now, I mean, real, this is all subjective. Everybody's different, so you got to kind of put that into it. But you know, I am fine with wearing like a an early season or a mid season base layer. You know, just a say either a five ounce or an eight ounce type base layer and then just either a pair of khakis or a canvas type pant uh in my waiter once i start once you start getting into those temperatures where it's you know in the 30s and you're not getting you're not hitting that 50 you know you're staying in the 40s or if it's overcast or kind of windy then i'll you know you'll kind of step into wearing that base layer uh, and then like a fleece-lined uh, waterfowler's pant, something along that line, just to give you a little bit extra fleece to it. Uh, you know, I'm fine that way. Um, you know, you, people always think when it's you, you're never cold until it's icy out or it's uh, in the 30s all day long, which, you know, that's completely not true. I've had 50-degree days when that wind was blowing that almost froze to death. You know, so it's kind of hard to base it on the temperature, but, you know, you're looking at, you know, what's my day going to be? What kind of elements am I faced with? Uh, And then how active I am. I can't, that, you know, that, how do you hunt? It it really is more than just a a marketing slogan. If you as a waterfowler would just kind of stop and think, man, I'm going to spend about five or 10 minutes a day thinking about how do I hunt? it will really help you figure out what products that you need. Uh, Whether it be, if you think about what kind of elements that you're going to be hunting in, the weather that day or whatnot, or, you know, if you just kind of think of it from a season as a whole or, you know, each day as you go, just kind of think about it, man. How do I hunt? What, What environment do I hunt in? What kind of temperatures and things do I face when I'm hunting? Uh, and look at it, there's a solution out there that will make your experience better. And that's what, what you want to do. Yeah. So that leads me kind of into another section where we're usually going to say, hey, what do you think the most important thing is when it comes to clothing and layering? Um, but it sounds like really just taking, like you said, five or ten minutes and reflecting on your hunt and asking yourself, how do you hunt? And then that can that can really solve a lot of your, your clothing selection and, and layering questions you may have. Yeah, I mean, man, it, it doesn't take long, you know, and you do it a couple different ways. Think about it before the season, like this time of year going into the season. If you just sit back and say, all right, you know, how are we going to hunt this year? Are we going to hunt the woods like we always do? Or did we lease a pit and that's where we're going to spend all the time hunting? Or am I a walk into a marsh kind of guy? You know, what? how do I hunt? What, what, what environment do I hunt into? And kind of get that nailed down. And then think about it on a daily basis. You know, every, every waterfowler, you know, I, I've never met a waterfowler that doesn't know what the numbers to the weather channel is, either on their yeah. local cable or direct or on their radio or whatnot. Just pay attention to what, which, now granted, they never get it right. No. But they, mm-hmm. get a, they get you in the ball game. Weather you know? guessers. Yeah, they, they'll get you close. So, you know, think about it in the morning. What am I going to do today? 
uh, how do we got to make this hunt work? And, you know, what's the temperature going to be? Just spend a little bit of time thinking about it and then say, all right, well, I'm going to wear this base layer with this pant and this waiter. And, uh, I'm going to wear this base layer top and this uh, shirt and this jacket, or I don't need this shirt today, or I don't, you know, how, I don't need a base layer. Just kind of think it through for a minute and man, it, it will just make your, your day so much more comfortable. You know, I used to, uh, guide a whole lot and I uh, would spend a lot of time hunting with big groups of people and I would see people that would have on the biggest heaviest coat these big giant gloves and uh, you know insulated pants underneath neoprene waders and I got two pairs of socks on because they get this idea of I'm, a, I'm going duck hunting and it's cold out there I got to be warm well you know, if you kind of think it through for a few minutes and pay attention to that temperature, I can shed about five pounds in gear that I have on <laughs> yeah, and, and, and make my day so much more comfortable and yeah. just be out there and, and be happy. When Yep. When I, I, I absolutely understand what you're talking about there as well. When I was young and I wasn't educated on layering and sometimes, you know, less is more, um, that's exactly how I was. I'd have giant thick gloves um, and of course, by the time I set out three decoys, my hands were sopping wet and sweat and the gloves were already wet. I'd wear like a, I'd be wearing long johns. Then I'd wear like a, a, a fleece, heavy insulated fleece waiter pant, and then my neoprene waders. I was that. And then once I started to realize, um, you know, maybe you spend a little bit more money and invest in a little bit better materials, often less can be more. Yeah, that's right. That is true. You know, it's just, uh, and I, I, you know, I'm not a minimalist. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that likes to live right on the edge of discomfort, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm cold, but I'm hanging in there. You know, I want to be, <laughs> I want, I want to be comfortable when I'm out there. Sure. I want to warm, but not hot, cool, warm, but not cold. You know, mm-hmm. I just want to be, like I've said a hundred times, I just want to be comfortable and, and thinking about what I need to wear and, you know what, and even experimenting, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with, you know, going in and buying a mid-layer top or a mid-weight piece and saying, I'm, I'm just going to try this today and, and see. Uh, you know, a lot of jackets and stuff now are, are smaller and you can pack them in and, and do whatnot. Just, you know, kind of find out, you know, what's more comfortable. So. Sure. So, I mean... Being that you work with Drake Waterfowl Systems and the fact that you've talked to a lot of people and you've done the homework as far as researching clothing and everything, um, what do you think in, in all of your dealings with people and materials, what do you think some of the biggest mistakes are that people make when they're trying to do the whole waterfowl clothing or layering, um, you know, something that some of our listeners might be able to avoid right out of the gate? Without a doubt, it's overdressing. I mean, I will... Uh, just based on my life experience and, and hunting with a lot of people and being around different people everywhere you go, it's, it's overdressing yeah. and there. I mean, it's nothing. It, it, honestly, it is nothing to get out there. Uh, especially when I was guiding a lot and had a lot of people to see people getting dressed at a camp early in the morning and you see uh, a pair of white cotton socks and then another pair of white cotton socks and then a wool sock go on and the guy's wearing like a an LST base layer extreme weather base layer and then he puts a waterproof pan on 
and then a waiter, you know, and it's just layer after layer. Yeah. And, it, and it's not even good layers. It's heavy layers. Yeah. After heavy layer, that is the worst thing you can do. Cotton in there. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, look, man, I love cotton. Cotton is comfortable, but cotton does not belong on your foot inside a waiter. No. Get you a, a good pair of wool socks, whether it's a, a, a lightweight or a medium weight or whatever it is, I promise you, uh, you know, unless you're suffering from something I just really bizarre your feet are going to be so much more comfortable uh if you get it down into just you know that one sock that one wool sock that's going to wick moisture away and and keep your foot comfortable uh and and one thing i'll say and i see people do it all the time whether it's our brand of product or another company's brand of product or anything out there i don't i don't care whose waiter you're wearing or whatnot if you put a like a waterproof bib or a waterproof pant inside a waiter, you're fixing to create a disaster. Yes. You're, you're basically creating your own atmosphere <laughs> inside there because no matter how breathable something is, it's never going to be breathable enough to get through multiple layers of water. No, you're going to, by the end of the hunt, you're going to think that your waiter's leaked. That's exactly right. That, that's where I was going. You're going to get down to it, and your base layer is going to be soaking wet or your uh, first waterproof layer. Somewhere there is going to be a lot of water built up. Uh, and, and you're going to think, man, I've got a problem when actually you don't. Yeah. It's actually how you dress. And, and that's one thing about uh, the breathable material in waders. Uh, people will say... You know, I think my my waiter leaks because the inside of my thighs were damp. And I said, well, I, I don't think that's leak. I, you know, most likely that's perspira- perspiration. And, like, there's no way I'm sweating. It was 31 degrees today all day long. Well, let's break that down. You took a 98.6 degree body and you put it in some, uh, you know, a some waterproof material and you got into some water that was in the 40s and the air temperature outside was in the low 30s it didn't take very long at all for some condensation to build up so being able to wear base layers or your second layer that has some wicking to it uh, that can move some of that moisture around for you is crucial it is important. I got something kind of for the the boot for waders and and like you're talking about wool socks. I, I try to challenge people to wear a light pair of wool socks, maybe early on the very beginning of duck season, or even uh, yeah, even early goose or something, and try to stick with that wool sock for as long as you can. Because I see guys they buy this really really thick heavy merino sock because they say wool. Okay, so now they're thinking they need to have like an 1800 gram thin slip boot and a really, really heavy wool sock to keep their feet from getting cold. And their feet still get cold because that they walk too far or they move too much or just that real heavy wool sock and that 1,800-gram boot made your feet sweat, which then in turn got cold from sitting under the water the whole hunt. I just feel like that I'd try to go as light as wool sock as I can so I don't over-sweat, just kind of like that, just like your pants if you, you, know, you get a bunch of – you start to sweat and then there's a bunch of, you know, moisture stuck to your base layers and stuff, you're going to get cold eventually. 
Yeah, I didn't want to say it because I was afraid that, you know, listeners might immediately turn the podcast off and be like, that guy's an idiot. But I, I basically wear the same white wool sock year round. I'm a, uh, I'm a big fan of these like ankle socks or a little bit taller ankle high sock. It's just a wool sock. It's thin. Uh, it's very, very lightweight. And I've just gotten so used to wearing them. I wear them with my waders, tin sheet. I, I just wear them year round. I'm not a fan of or a believer in a big wool sock. I mean, there's plenty of people out there that are, but I'm just not that guy. I like yeah. a lightweight, comfortable. When you combine them with these boots that are 1600, you know, these very heavy uh, thin slip boots, I don't think they, I think sometimes you can walk too much and your feet get too hot and, you know, you end up hurting that whole process, the whole system where you're trying to achieve is to have, you know, warm feet, comfortable feet, but you actually hurt it. Um, so I, I challenge people to to wear the lightest wool sock they can for as long as you can throughout the season. Yeah, and that's you know that's just kind of the thing, man. That that's again, it, if we as waterfowl or just customers or anything in general, just stop for a second and just think about it. You know, let me let me think. How much walking do I do, or how far do I go, and how many days? Because you you really never remember the days that you got so hot. You know, I think everybody's waterfowl, you just focus on those days that were so cold. And it may have only been five or six or ten days of the season that was really cold. The rest of the time, you know, you're not even thinking about those November hunts when it was hot. You know, when you were still out there just sweating. <laughs> so, you got to kind of... Just, it, it doesn't take long, man. Just sit and think for a second about, you know, how, what is my season in total and how do I do? So I guess we're going to re- kind of start wrapping this thing up. Do you have any final words for, for Drake and, and layering system? And it sounds like you guys have really thought about waterfowl hunting and in, in different aspects of not just this jacket fits all waterfowlers, but we need to have clothing that is for certain types of waterfowl hunting. I think that's awesome. Any Final words involving you know Drake and and what their what their mission is and what they're really you know striving to do in the waterfowl industry as a clothing company. That's it. I mean that, that you know kind of what you're saying. I guess you know if you look at it, the days like you were telling a story earlier about your first uh, parka or your first jacket. The days of having that one garment, just the heaviest, just give me the heaviest, warmest garment out there, and I'm going to wear it for all a hunting season, no matter what hunts I go on, those kind of days of, of things like that are really, in my mind and a lot of people's mind, that, that, that day's kind of over. We're trying to build product that is specific to a type of hunt and specific to how a person hunts. Um, you know, and, and that's what we want to do. We want to be able to answer those questions of how do you hunt. Uh, and if a, a person would just take a few moments and just think about, what their hunting environment is like and what the uh, temperatures and everything is like when they're hunting uh, and think about it through, we're basically making a product that fits your need. Uh, how do you hunt? Where do you hunt? We're just trying to answer those questions for you to, you know, to honestly, to make your time in the field more enjoyable. You know, everybody's time is limited and you're being drawn a thousand different ways so that when you do get that chance to be there, you know, you want a person to be out there for as absolutely long as they can be and be as comfortable as they can be the whole time that they're out there. 
So that that's what we're doing, and that's what we're trying to do for water powers. Yeah. Yeah, I guess my final words would be um, kind of along with what you were saying there, Jeff, just how do you hunt? Think about what you're putting on before you put it on and why. Um, like when I first started hunting in general as a kid, I just used to find the heaviest stuff that I could find. And I'd throw as much on as I could fit under the next layer. And I think that's that's one of those things that I've I've enjoyed my hunting more, um, and especially whether it be waterfowl hunting or you know deer hunting or heading out west. Layering systems are crucial, and each piece needs to serve a function. Don't just throw it on because it's another layer that you think you need. Think about why you're throwing this layer on, and is it easy to to go on and just as easy to come off? I feel like we can do a who, what, when, where, and why on clothing because you talked about you know what piece. And, and I was thinking when to put it on yeah. uh, something, you know, because I feel like when I go hunting, I don't put on – sometimes when it's really cold, I might have two – like a, a two-part system for whenever I'm stopped and I'm going to start hunting. I'm not moving, and it's either – it's the it's an outside shell, and then it's a down jacket. Mm-hmm. So it's a down liner jacket, full zip jacket, and then a shell, like just a – you know w- – w- Back in the day, I was wearing that that deluxe equator jacket, and it was only fleece. It wasn't very. It wasn't insulated. That was a shell, and then I had the down jacket. But the down jacket never got thrown on until I got. You know, it started to really get cold because I'd go out in the morning, and I'd get hot, throwing decoys, and I'd only be wearing like my mid layer. Mm-hmm. And then when I stopped and we were hunting, I would throw that shell on, and then if I really needed it, maybe thirty minutes or an hour later. I would put on that insulated down layer and never did I over overheat and get too hot and end up sweating. I would, I would just slowly as the day went on, add these layers when it was appropriate. So I think when is another thing you can think of too. Um, it sounds like I know we could do a whole nother podcast on, <laughs> yeah. on, on, on this gear and when to put it on what, when, where, why. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, I, I don't have any, any more to say. I've, I've voiced my thoughts, opinions, and yeah. Chandler, I think you've done the same. Yeah, this, this Guardian Elite series, guys, you know, take a look at it. I mean, they've really – I don't know of any other style of hunting that they didn't cover. For If you're a timber hunter, layout blind, you know, riding in the boat, all, overall, you know, three-in-one jacket gives you a lot of versatility. I mean, any waterfowler can find a, a jacket that, you know, a piece that fit them. Well, and just, and yeah, not just jackets. They got bibs and, and all that stuff, too. All the little features in the jacket, the pocket layout, just some of the things that you normally wouldn't think of have been thought yeah. of. And they're, and they're, those are geared specifically towards waterfowlers, not, Absolutely. Just, not just hunters in general. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot of thought. So great-looking stuff. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Well, uh, Jeff, we appreciate it, man, and uh, I think that's a wrap.